Thanks for joining us today on the Centerpoint podcast coming from the Loft on Main in Danville, Kentucky. For more information, check us out at centerpointdanville.com. Dude, I know you can get those type of videos on your phone. Totally. I don't know what I did before this. Yeah, it's better hope your wife never finds out. It's not a big deal. Besides, she's been kind of not fun lately. Look, she's not going to find out. It doesn't matter as long as it doesn't hurt anyone. Are you serious? God never said that. Sorry, is this hurting you? <laughs> Man, what an amazing worship. Come on now. That's just good stuff. Are you pumped up? Good to go? Hey, if you're new with us, hey, we're in the part six of part six, right, uh, of a message series called God Never Said That. And what we've been doing is looking at some common sayings people believe to be true in our culture, where we work, where we live, where we play, and more importantly, where we're in our current culture of church. Uh, but in reality, God really never did say that. We're just something that we've been taught, and, and once it's been taught, it's, it's embedded in our brain, and we just sort of go down that road. And, and if we live where we live, which is in Kentucky, sometimes that's forever, right? Uh, it's, it's something we say because we think it, and it is true, or maybe a culture of our own or our family, and, and maybe it's just really not what God really said at all. Stuff like this, have you ever wondered, or I remember at the first week when we were launched this culture off, uh, God wants you happy, right? I don't think he really wants you happy as much as he really wants you obedient and following him. And, and maybe sometimes, hey, in this life, there's going to be what? Trouble. So it's not always about happy emojis all the time. I mean, come, sometimes you got to have that upside down smiley face, right? Because that's just a part of culture and, and that's our life. And, and maybe God can use that. What about this one? God won't give you more than you can, what was that one? Handle. Yeah, that's really not true at all, is it? I mean, come on, look at, come on, just be honest, look around. He's given you all a lot to handle, right? And it's kind of stressful. Uh, did you not know that Christmas was coming up, by the way? I mean, it, it happens every calendar. Anyways, you know, it's coming, and some of you are not prepared. That's okay. What about this one? It does not matter what you do, right? A lot of people grew up around that culture, and it doesn't really matter what you do. It's not as long as your heart's in it, or, you know, as long as you're, you just believe and you're sincere. Yeah, God's really not, he didn't say that one. When we tackled that one head on, and it doesn't matter what you believe, as, as long as you just, you know, lean into what Jesus is saying, you're sincere. I mean, you can dabble into some other religions. Yeah, that's really not true neither. God said, there's one way. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except to me. Yeah, man. He just flat out, flat out laid out. He's the most narcissistic person in the world, or he's really true. And I believe he's all true. Uh, any person that can pull off, uh, uh, say he's going to die three days later, pull off the resurrection. Hey, I'm following that dude. So uh, last, we asked you last week to sit down and listen, right? Just sit down and listen. You ever, ever heard someone say, just sit down and listen, right? And, and, and God does not want me to ask Jesus to come into my heart. God wants me to listen to what Jesus wants to do in my heart. Totally different version of what we've been taught in life. And I think that one's a huge one because last week we watched and witnessed this altar just turn into an amazing moment for a lot of people. We saw some freedoms come out last week. And I, I just encourage you, if you just want to go back and, and catch up, man, go, go to the podcast, go to the website, check it out, and, and just allow yourself to be a part of that culture if you're new with us. Uh, because we believe when we're all in and when we do this, when we do this the right way, when we put Jesus at the center, it changes lives that literally can what? Come on, say it with me, church. 
change lives. And that's what we're in the business of. I mean, it's not really a business as much as a, as a life, you know, a lifestyle. It's what I follow. It's, what, it's who I am, my identity in Christ. And so my question is, for this morning, what's your identity? What's your identity? You know, when people look at you, what do they see? Do they see somebody that's following obediently in Jesus? Or you're, are you following your own made-up version of Jesus? And that one's huge as we dabble into Thanksgiving and, 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 and cross our roads into Christmas. Now, next week, speaking of Christmas... We're going to dive head in with, with this, this Christmas in the loft, you know. Uh, I know it seems crazy. Christmas has been here for months, warming up, you know. Some of us in stores, literally, I saw a store. I ain't going to point it out, but you go shop there. It rhymes with Moger, you know, Kroger. Anyways, uh, you know, it's, it, uh, but they had Christmas stuff out in October and in basically into September. I saw, I saw it there. I just like, come on, man. We ain't even got past Halloween yet. And, and so, but yeah, it's just crazy to think that some stores have been around selling Christmas items already for months, and, and Mixmas is now fully engaged. Some of you just love it, you know, and you're all about it. I'm one of those old traditional guys that you just really don't get into it until when? After Thanksgiving. I, I love the fact that it's just slow, slow down, right? It's just really enjoy it. But I saw somebody with Christmas lights fully engaged last week, man. I don't know who you are or what you're doing. But come on, dude, you're, you're jacking with my energy prices. Come on, back it off. KU bill's going up just because of you and, and all those lights out there. But anyways, I think we just need to slow down. I think we need to slow down and take in the, the, what God's trying to do instead of just rush, 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 rush. You know, let's stop getting ahead of ourselves so, you know, we can really enjoy ourselves, right? And if a store breaks out next week and Valentine's Day, I'm vetoing. I'm boycotting that store. I'm just promise you, I hope you'll join my, my vote and we'll just go out and pro, I'm just kidding. But you know, it's one of those things where I, it's just, we go further, faster, quicker, and we just want to go to the next thing, next thing. And literally in January, they will have bathing suits out. Why? I don't know. They need coats, not bathing suits, but that's just, I'm, I'm venting right now, okay? Um, because it's Christmas, right? It's Christmas. It's Christmas time. There's no better time of the year. Uh, and, and it's no better time of the year to invest and invite somebody to come be a part of what God's doing here. And, and speaking of Christmas, it, think about this. It, it's hard to give the perfect gift nowadays, isn't it? Because everybody's got everything, right? Uh, there's so many options out there, and people have already so much in their house. And we've all given gifts that were less than perfect. Come on, let's just, let's just be the truthful, Right? Many of us have probably received a gift or two like that too, right? And more importantly, it's probably a gift that you really didn't want or need. And so you just did this little thing called a re-gift. Yeah, ever done that before? Come on, hands up. Just look, nobody, no one's honest in here, you bunch of sinners. You know you have. You know you have, right? You've taken some gift that someone did and just passed it on to somebody else and you gave it away and you, you put a nice new little bow on it and you made it look all nice. And, they, and I guarantee there's probably some gifts in this room have been passed on, passed on, probably passed on and probably got back around to the original person that gave, you know, gave it away and it, it's got kind of those awkward moments, right? Um, but have you ever done that? Did you ever re-gift? That's where we're going. The word re-gifting is to literally pass on a gift that you've received along the way from someone else. And as we embrace Christmas 2017, we believe it's more important to re-gift Christmas and Jesus because it was given to be the best re-gift ever. And I hope and pray you'll be a part of the next four weeks as we just embrace re-gift and all that it has in tell for us. 
And I promise you, you don't want to miss out on the next couple of weeks because it's going to be impactful to our life. And there's going to be a dare that I dare you next week to come be a part of. I know a lot of you will be around Thanksgiving and you're just trying to figure out either a hangover from turkey coma or, you know, you're just, like, you're just visiting friends and family. Uh, that's okay, but come be a part of the dare next week. You won't be disappointed because I'm going to challenge you to do something that could impact your life literally. Um, and I, but I'm really excited about this series, and here's why. The Jesus gift is a part of it, right? The Jesus gift is coming. And if you don't know what the Jesus gift for us is, is like we want you to give your first and your best gift towards Jesus. And it's going to impact our community. It's going to impact our nation through church planning. It's going to impact our foreign countries through Dominican Republic and our partnerships there. I mean, literally, we're excited about what the Jesus gift represents this year because we know the first gift should be the most important gift, and we want you to bring that first gift. There's the Eve Eve worship. It's right around the corner. Literally, I want you to start planning and thinking about being a part of that. That's Christmas Eve Eve. Somebody be like, when is that? Eve Eve, not 24th, 23rd, 23rd. Eve Eve, right? And it's going to be a night full of worship and just engaging what Jesus wants to do in our life through worship. And then the last thing is literally the Christmas Blitz, where we, like today, go out and serve our community in a big, bold way by partnering with a couple other organizations in our community to literally impact some families and their lives forever. And so, I, I, man, I'm excited. I really am excited about Christmas this year because what it has entailed for us as a family, as a church family. But for now, for today, Let's land the plane on God never said that. All right, you with me? Anybody? Nobody? You just want to just coast on through? There is people up here who are joining us online. I promise you there's a packed house. All right, so who's ever heard this phrase then? Come on, lean in. Ready? Raise your hand on count three. If you've heard this phrase, raise your hand. You just need to forgive and forget. Raise your hand if you heard it. All right, everybody in here just about either, either A is moving their hand they got something up their butt twitching, or, you know, it's one of those moments of uncomfortableness. I get to go now, put my arm around her. So it's those three things. I don't know, but I bet everybody up here is forgive and forget. You've heard that. I can remember early on in my ministry and my walk, especially, and people would say this, and I really didn't even understand it. I would try to understand it, but why would, at the very same time I would see that person, it would hurt so bad. When I, when I got around that person, it would hurt. Wow, Why? when someone just said, forgive and forget, right? Just forget. My mom, forgive and forget. You know, Sunday school class, forgive and forget. But when I got around that person, there was all this ill will towards them inside, right? When I saw their face, it was like, I want to punch you in your face, right? Is it just me? Or is it, I mean, anybody else? I had to go to anger class. Hi, my name is Jason. I deal with anger, right? Anybody? I got one person being honest. Thank you. Why would it affect me that way about that person? Why would it affect me when they post something on social media nowadays that it affects me? Why would it? Anyone been there? Come on. You actually, you sort of scout them out on social media. Just, and, you just, and then they start, and just, I don't know why Satan does that. It just feeds your whole social media feed. It's just full of their stuff. And it just upsets you for the rest of the week. Anybody? A couple of years ago, our family went through some pretty challenging, pretty difficult challenges and stuff in ministry. You know, actually, some of it had to do with here at the church plant. But some other ones had to do byproduct of the church plant, of some of the culture that was in our family. And it just, it got to my, my wife and I, just because we couldn't protect our kids. And it really weighed us down. Like, it got to us. We truly did not know why we had to go through it. But this is what we come to the conclusion of. God brought us to it, and he loved us through it. He taught us something through it. 
He taught us something through it. We learned who we were in Jesus, and it allowed us to grow closer together as a family. But more importantly, it allowed us to continue to grow and change what we cared about as we continued to journey in this, this, this long obedience in the same direction. When you surrender to Jesus, this is what it's all about. It's not about going out this way. It's about literally going this way. And that road is, is narrow. It's challenging. But it's so worth being a part of, especially when you surrender to Jesus. When, you, when people would find out about those challenges that we were going through and that we were facing in life, some people would just set us down and have a cup of coffee or come over to our house and just say, well, you just need to what? Forgive and forget. And I would listen with some disbelief sometimes because people... They have the right heart, right? I don't doubt their heart. It's just their words (laughs) coming out of their mouth, I doubt. Because if we're in the same circumstance, you'd go out there and beat the living tire of that person. I know who you are. I'm just being honest, right? It creates that awkward moment of of life because you're just sitting there and you've just got these weird faces going on. The eyebrows are going nuts and you're just looking at them like, and they're just like, it's okay, come on in for the hug, you know? And I'm just sitting there going, I'll hug you but I ain't listening. I love you, but this ain't what God said. It's okay to struggle with this one. It's okay. Sometimes we just want to press forward and sweep it under the rug, don't we? Forgive and forget. Honestly, these things are not even the same thing. They shouldn't be mentioned in the same sentence. Forgive is something we do to someone. We ask for forgiveness, right? And forget is something I do when my wife tells me to pick something up at the grocery store. Let's just be honest. And then I walk back, can you forgive me? And she's like, ah, you know, love you. And she's just being honest. I get away with this one some days. But most people would wish this statement could be wrapped around this, this device that I have found. And it was introduced to me back in the 1990s. And it's an amazing device, and I wish I had one. And maybe you do too. But it's the Neuralizer. And the neuralizer came out of this movie called The Men in Black, and you just got to stare at it. And I push this button, poof, you know, boom. Everybody just automatically forgets everything, right? And that ain't the way it works. But you wish you had this device. I guarantee you wish you had this device. So now you're under my control. I tell you what to do. Go give you know, all your money to the poor, right? And you're just going to enjoy life. But that's not what happens. I can stare at this all day long, and it's just going to hurt my eyes, right? And it doesn't really work. But in the movie, it does. And I think sometimes we, we like to live like we're in the movies. I, I think we, we, we try to erase everything through a neuralizer. And, and, it, and it really, it changes the environment a little bit for a moment maybe. We just sort of sweep it underneath the rug and poof, we wish it was gone. And we just sort of act like we forgive and forget. But it doesn't really work, does it? We've actually tried it. We've tried it with other ways. We've tried it with gifts, right? We've tried it with, hey, I'll spend more time with this, or I'll do, I'll do this. We try acts of service. We find something. We, we try to love them to death, and it doesn't really work. We, we, we create our own neuralizers, and it never works. But the truth is this device does not exist. And the reason people say things that don't exist is because without Jesus, true forgiveness is impossible. Without Jesus, true and authentic forgiveness is completely impossible. And forgetting does not happen because what we tend to do is to look past, right? We look to the past. And Christ wants us to look towards the future. 
Like we as human nature, we look towards the past. We always look towards the past. Like we even judge people like, ah, you don't know what I know, right? We say these things. But then they had a moment with Jesus and we can't see the future with him. We judge them for where they were in the past. Come on, that's not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to look to the future in Christ. There's this huge line and we can either believe the best in somebody or we can go below that line and assume the worst. And I think a lot of us, we just go down here and we camp, we hang, and we assume. Jesus wants so much more because when we surrender to Jesus, the old is gone and what the new is here. In Jesus, we find both of these things because he changes our heart and it changes our culture because that's how he sees us. That's how he rolls. That's literally why he came in the first place. That's why God literally gave us a gift through Jesus. And it changed the culture. You see, God, even in the book of Isaiah in the Old Testament, in Isaiah Chapter 43, verse 25 says, he no longer remembers the past because he wants something, a better relationship for our future. And he says it this way, I, even I, he's talking to God. He said, I am he who blots out all your transgressions for my sake and remembers your sins. No, what's that word? More. No more, they're gone. I I choose not to. I'm not going to remember the past. If you're in me, I go forward with you. It's gone. The creator of the universe does not have a neurizer. He doesn't have one of these devices. He doesn't. He chooses to not remember because he actually loved us so much by sending Jesus to give us an opportunity for the future. And some of us are not even grabbing hold of that concept. We're just hanging on. We're hanging on to religion. We just sing a powerful song and you sing it with your hearts. Do you mean it? Jesus is the only way we can get past this stuff. That's what God did for us, for you and for me. He chose to not remember because he wants a relationship through his son. And you might say, well, I'm not God. I would say, you're right on. Or I, I don't understand the issue. Because, Jason, you just, you don't understand. It, it has to do with my parents. The issue has to do with my parents, and you sort of just start to vomit it all out. Or it has to do with my kids. You don't understand what they've done. It could be my boss, your teacher. What about this one? My ex-spouse, Jason, you don't understand what they've done. They, they leverage every, every ounce of everything. They take the kids all the time and it just hurts when I see their face and when I see their other wife. I just you don't understand my pain. You're right, I don't understand your pain, but God does. He gave his one and only son, what? So you could live in freedom. And we take advantage of that every single day. That's why it's so important for us to follow in his footsteps, to surrender fully. And when we surrender fully, this is what happens. We don't allow the hurt to define us. We no longer let the hurt define us. We we allow the hurt to refine us in his image. No longer the hurt will define who you are as a person, but we allow that hurt to refine us on the inside. It courts Jesus. And when we do this, it changes everything. 
and it changes the lives of others around you because they're curious. It's like, there's no way that the, I don't understand. I, I've done everything I know to do as far as cause tension in their life, and they're still singing. They're still walking down the street. They're still pointing back to Jesus. I don't get it. Who is Jesus? I thought I'd go to church every Sunday. I don't know the same Jesus. They're right. So the Jesus I know is the author and perfecter of life. He changes everything. You see, families in our culture are desperately needing this because a recent survey says that eight out of 10 families are suffering in some type of hurt. Some type of hurt. Now, it could be a secret sin that only you and your husband know. It could be drugs. It could be rape or abuse. It could be gambling. It even could be bitterness towards someone who treated you disrespect. And here's what I found out about this. It always surfaces a couple times during the year, especially when families gather around the table. Because it matters, doesn't it? It matters when you see that empty seat sitting there and you have to make excuses after excuses for why they're not there. Right? Why do you think that one person never comes except one out of every four years? Do you think they're really sick that many times? Come on, let's be honest. Maybe it's because the hurt has defined your family and no one wants to deal with it. Instead of addressing the head-on with Jesus at the center of it, you chose to allow the hurt to define the relationships around the table and your future relationships with your grandkids and your great-grandkids and so on. Cousins, don't ever get to hang out no more. And it's all because of, bottom line, Christ is not at the center of it. Now, you can say he's at the center of your all's family, but the truth is it's, it's somewhere out of bounds. It's off center. You see, here's the truth. My family is not off limits from this whatsoever. From my in-laws to my brothers and my sisters, I've seen it on both sides where someone has said something, been hurt by someone, or even worse, did something that caused hurt. And it defines everything at the table. Literally, you have to walk on eggshells. And when people don't show up, they're quiet. They leave you out of the circle. It hurts. And you say weird things and you try to cover it up. And eventually, you choose never to come back because you don't feel loved or because we never address the issue. Anybody, am I hitting on anything yet? This was not the design of following in obedience but Jesus. It was never the plan, never was. Because of sin, because of sin, it can define us or it can refine us. Because of sin, it can either define who you are as an individual or it can refine you and you can say, man, that was once me, but I am no longer that person and I'm asking for forgiveness. When we choose to follow in the God's footsteps of forgiveness moving forward. We cultivate a culture of forgiveness that allows us to move forward at a much rapid pace. And we just don't need to forget, right? It just don't, we don't have to forget because it's erased by the love we have for one another that demonstrates from Jesus himself, from God. If we don't let this thing define us, whatever it is, we can change. 
But when we do let it define us, we're stuck. You never move past. Come on, maybe it's you. Or maybe it's your family. Maybe you know what that is, but maybe you know somebody that's stuck there and you need to go help them out of it. Maybe you need to just be open and pour your heart out and just tell them some things that you're expressing and you're going through. And when that happens, God can literally change lives. I've even heard it this week. I was praying with some friends who really went through a really tough time this week and they literally watched God do something and we celebrated that moment on Friday night. Watch what God can do when he comes at the center of everything and we see forgiveness be at the moment of transition. It changes lives. You see, the apostle Paul says this. This is a man who was literally redefined by an encounter with Jesus, who literally changed his life, by the way. He once was against everything Jesus stood for, but after his encounter with Christ, he changed what he cared about and began sharing to others about this amazing love that changed his life literally. He was speaking to the people of Ephesus when he was describing to them how they should respond to people who have hurt them and, and who have done something wrong to them. And he basically said this in, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 and, and 32, and he, and he says it this way in the NIV. He says, get rid of, of all the bitterness and rage and anger and brawling and slander along with every form of malice. And so be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ God forgive you. And I love other translations in the New Living Translation. It goes a little bit deeper in this. And it says, get rid of bitterness. Anybody ever been bitter? Bitter to that person that walks in? What about rage? Come on, we're getting ready to get into some shopping. Anybody? rage, someone cuts you off, takes your parking space. If you don't know my story a couple years ago, I had some rage parking moments in front of Walmart. Anger, we got some anger issues, if we're just honest. We'll let anger just dwell some days. Harsh words, we don't know how to really communicate. We were talking to our son the other day about communication and why people say what they say and because literally they don't know how to say it. They don't know how to express it. They don't know how to allow God just to filter some of their words and so they just come out with weird words. Sometimes it's cuss words, right? But harsh words, slander, ever talk bad about somebody? We, we see him coming, or maybe it's about the office cooler, and you're all just hanging out, or maybe it's around that, that, the punch bowl, or maybe it's around the, the, the meal, and, it, and all of a sudden just gets quiet real quickly when you walk in. Anybody? As well as, I love what this says. I love how the New Living Translation says this. And it says, as well as all types of evil behavior. It just sort of covers them all. Here's the blanket all types. And he says, instead, be kind to one another. Do be kind to each other. Tender hearted. For some of you, that's going to be difficult. I need to work on this one. Forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. In other words, what he's basically saying, if you're in Christ Jesus, forgiven people, right? That's me. You have to forgive. No matter what it is, you have to forgive. If you're going to follow me, you have to forgive. It's one of the hardest things to do. I know it, but forgiving people forgive. 
Forgiving people, forgive. You have to. If you're going to follow me, this is how you do this. Forgiving people, forgive. There's a story that's recorded in the gospel where there's a man who was paralyzed. And we see some of his best friends believe so much in the power of Jesus that they wanted to go get their buddy to to Jesus and, and to see him healed, right? They got to see the house, and then when they got to the house, they were just, they were like, whoa, we can't get in there, man. I don't even know how to get in. Um, some of them are like, whoa, I, let's just go back home. But, and they knew it was just so crowded around it. But, you know, these guys, these guys were not the average Joes. These guys were from Lincoln County. And so, uh, you know, they were just like, let's, let's, just, let's just go on top of the roof and let's break in, right? I told you they're from Lincoln County. And so, you know, they're just... Some people got that one, but that's okay. You'll get it later. There was those moments where they were just like, we're going to get our buddy healed. We believe, we believe. So they, they, they got on the roof and they started tearing through all the layers of muck and dirt and mess and, and honestly, crap. I mean, it was just literally, it, it, that's how it's made. These roofs are made out of manure. And so they're just going through all this mess. How much mess are you going to go through your buddy to get him healed? Question. Uh, just thinking about that one. But it, it, literally, they're, they're, they're filtering through all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, you can see this, this junk start to fall and Jesus looks up and all of them starting to look up and they're like, there he is! Hang on, Jesus! And they're just starting to roll him down and, and probably the, since they're from Lincoln County, the rope wasn't long enough, so they're about 10 foot short and they just sort of drop, well, he's paralyzed anyway, and going, boom, you know, they just sort of drop him. And he's laying there and they're all like, and he's just like, you know, it's one of those moments. And you gotta think about it, you gotta put it in you know, picture, right? And I love it. I love what Jesus really just starts to break through and he starts to see the faith of these people and, the, and their, their, their love for their friend. And he says something. He says this in Luke 5, verse 20. He says, when Jesus saw their faith, when Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, friend, your sins are forgiven. Hey, friend, hey, your sins are forgiven. Now, why didn't he say, you, friend, hey, friend, hey, you're healed? Why didn't he say that? Why did he go this route? Why did he choose to go, hey, 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 friend, your sins are forgiven? Because he broke an inner? I mean, is that what it was all about? (laughs) Or was it so much more? You see, he said, your sins are forgiven. The past is gone. Whatever it was in the past, you're now free. Now go, get up, take your mat and go, right? No matter what was done in the past, you're free from it. You're released from it. Through Jesus, whatever happened is gone and your sin is released. You see, we're supposed to forgive and say, you don't owe me anything anymore. You're good to go, now go. You see, that's hard because forgiveness is so hard to do, isn't it? Come on, lean in, let's be true this morning. It's so hard because we have to get personal with the Father first. And it requires us trusting God with what you can't do alone. Your sins are forgiven. Now go. You see, it's, it's easier just to say stuff like this. Like when people were watching there, when they were watching Jesus, what he did in Luke 5, it would have been easier just to say for Jesus, hey, you're healed, get up, go. And he would have got up and gone. I mean, we see it over and over in scripture. But this one, he chose to do something different. He chose to say something different. Your sins are forgiven. It changes everything. And it changed everything so much. Can you imagine in the room and the ripple effect that it took place for everybody who witnessed that? 
I forgive you and you don't owe me anything. Now just go live well. Hey, now come on, seriously, you're forgiven. Get up. He's probably like, am I really healed? Can you imagine the expression on the people's faces up on the roof? We're forgiven too. We don't have to go to jail. Yes, this is going to be a great day, right? We get to go live. We get to go experience with our body now, life to its fullest. You don't owe me anymore means we can't hold anything in the past over them. When we say this this way, when we say you don't owe me anymore means you can't hold anything in the past over them because we have chosen to place Christ the center to move forward with. It's more challenging to just say, hey, it's okay. It's more challenging to say, you're forgiven. But it's, it's way more rewarding when we just say, hey, you don't owe me anything. Now, we could fake it. We could. We could fake it, but, but that always comes back because what happens is it holds you hostage from feeling the freedom that you could have in Christ Jesus. Let's just take a little trip, right? From work to relationships, abuse, right? Maybe you were cheated. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's your kids. Maybe you have said it, forgive and forget. Maybe you're taught it that way. But we need to move to this idea, you don't owe me anymore, because if we are waiting on them to move, to ask for this word called, I'm sorry, right? It won't work because the only thing that can set you free is Jesus. Sorry is just a word. It means I got caught. But forgiveness, man, when you, when you move to this idea of forgiveness, it transforms lives. When they do come, when they do ask for, for sorry, if they do do it, let's just be honest, if they do do it, you can say this. You can lean into a realm of world uh, that comes from the Heavenly Father, and you can say, thanks for coming to me, and I appreciate it, but you don't owe me this anymore because Jesus has set me free on the inside, and I want to release you from that experience so you can enjoy the freedom that I've experienced of forgiveness because I've been forgiven and I have to forgive. It's changed my life, and I want to tell you about Jesus. And when we can do that, oh, get ready. It's going to change your all's tables. It's going to change the table. And you might say, I'm not ready to release them, but I want to forgive them. What you are really saying is they owe you something. And, and that always leads to nowhere. You might say that they don't deserve my forgiveness, Jason. They need to pay for what they've done. You don't even understand. They made me suffer. They, may, they need to suffer. And can I ask you when you became the judge? You may say, I forgive them. Just don't bring up their name in my house. What you're really saying is you're faking it just to make it today or this week. You see, it's holding you hostage from the freedom that you can experience through real forgiveness through Jesus. Because when you truly understand how the Father has forgiven us, then we can forgive others and be released from the hurt. And it can change lives. That changed lives. To sum everything up this way, this idea of forgiveness this whole, whole series, right? This whole series can be summed up in this, this idea. And, and I think it, it helps communicate powerfully our walk to others to be a strong witness in, in, our, in our area. 
if we don't stand for what matters, then we really don't matter. And as you guys gather around tables, as you start to lean into what Christmas is all about, if, if we really don't stand for what matters, then we really don't matter. You see, people are watching us to see if we're real, to see if we're authentic, to see if Jesus really is the center or if it's something that just comes out of our mouth. People are wanting to see if we're truly following in, in what really matters in life. You see, Peter in the Bible struggled with this idea of forgiveness as well. He asked, how many times should I forgive others when they sin against me, Jesus? And he was just thinking, you know, like, should I just forgive them seven times because there's like seven days and, you know, should I do it that way? And Jesus is like, well, that's a good Sunday school answer. Good job, Peter. But this is the bar. This is the Old Testament. But we're going to take the bar and raise it way up here, Peter. We're going to go up here with it. And so Jesus responded really quickly. He said, that's a good start. But how about seven times 70? Peter's like, I can't even do that math, Jesus. And he says, I know. It's almost an infinity number that just keeps on echoing out through eternity. Seven, seven, seven. It just keeps on going, doesn't it, Peter? You just got to keep on forgiving because I have forgiven you first, Peter. I've forgiven you first, so you are forgiven. You got to go out and forgive. I know this is hard. I know it's going to have its own challenges. But when we stand for this, when we live differently in our culture, and Jesus begins to change the atmosphere by our obedience, when we follow Jesus, this debt is canceled. This sin against you is canceled. The sin that you've created is, is, is gone, it's canceled, and it, can, and it can't define you no longer. It cannot define you any longer. We are no longer a slave to fear, right? A song. We're no longer held hostage for the things in the past because the Father has refined you in his image through the cross at Calvary. He refined you through this relationship with you and we should follow his lead by standing with what really matters around a table full of truth, grace, mercy, and most importantly, love. It's not just something we say what we do because honestly he's the great I am he, he did something so powerful you got to put it in context he just didn't send his son to flash a light right he didn't send a flashing light to, to, to allow you to erase everything he, he knows that he sent his son to do something to build a relationship in a way that Changes lives. He's already forgiven you. You just got to go ask for the forgiveness. And when others come along your journey, when you're sitting around a table, when you're looking at people, when you're really evaluating the culture, what's happening, really, the easiest word is not, I'm sorry. The easiest word is, will you forgive me? In those awkward moments. And just watch what God does. It heals it allows people to draw in closer to one another. And my hunch tells me there's people in this room that are struggling with that word. You're looking for this, but what you really need is him. I don't know who's hurt you and what kind of 
things are holding you hostage from moving forward in this season. But I'm just asking, what does it really look to lean in to this whole idea of real forgiveness? Could it change your marriage? Could it change the way you love your children? Could it change literally the trajectory of your next generation? Could it change the culture here? Could it change the culture at your work, your school? Could it do something so powerful that it could change a city? I think so. I really do believe in it. Because I know it's redefined my relationship with not just with my wife and my kids, but my family. And more importantly, with my Father in heaven. I just pray that we can all experience what forgiveness looks like. Because even this week, that story I was sort of sharing with you, there's no telling the stories that's going to come out of that, how it's going to change lives and impact our community. Through one simple word, will you forgive me? The question is, will you accept it? Just like God has accepted your forgiveness when you just come obediently and you say, will you forgive me? And experience the love of the Father. Let me pray for us. Jesus, thank you so much for this. Thank you so much for just what you're doing and the culture that you created through the gift of Jesus. God, I just pray for our family as we just experience the great I am in a way that literally can change lives. God, there's a lot of things, there's a lot of moving parts that, that are gonna be taking place here shortly, but before we take in those, those moments, can we just lean into what you're trying to do right now? To create a culture of, of, of things that matter. And God, we just need to get this one right first. Not just to forgive and forget, but truly understand that we're forgiving people and so we're, we're called to forgive. Forgive others. The past is gone, the new is here in you. So Jesus, I, just, I pray that people experience you, your Holy Spirit in a way right now that literally can change lives. And maybe that first movement is a lean in towards you this morning. A confession. An act of obedience of saying, will you forgive me? Walking across the room in this, this loft and just walking to that friend and just saying, will you forgive me? God, I just pray for it right now for my friends who are here that we can experience this freedom that comes through love. Lord, I just ask that in your name. Amen. Hey, we're gonna sing a song. It's your time to respond. And whatever God's doing, you respond. Altar's open. If you just want to pray, sit there quietly. You want to worship loud, you do that. Whatever God's doing, you respond. This is your time to be obedient to him.